Section 29, Volume 3, of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ethan Rampton. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 29. When it was the one hundred and eighty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Kamar al-Zaman heard the words of the wazir, he was enraged with sore rage, and said to him, Tis manifest to me in very deed, that you people taught the eunuch to do as he did, and forbade him to tell me what became of the young lady who lay with me last night. But thou, O wazir, art cleverer than the eunuch, so do thou tell me, without stay or delay, whither went the young lady who slept on my bosom last night? For it was you who sent her, and bade her steep in my embrace, and we lay together till dawn. But when I awoke I found her not. So where is she now? Said the wazir, O my lord Kamar al-Zaman, Allah's name encompass thee about. By the Almighty we sent none to thee last night, but thou layest alone, with the door locked on thee, and the eunuch sleeping behind it. Nor did there come to thee young lady or any other. Regain thy reason, O my lord and stablish thy senses, and occupy not thy mind with vanities. Rejoined Kamar al-Zaman, who was incensed at his words, O wazir, the young lady in question is my beloved, the fair one with the black eyes and rosy cheeks, whom I held in my arms all last night. So the minister wondered at his words, and asked him, Didst thou see this damsel last night with thine own eyes, on wake or in sleep? Answered Kamar al-Zaman, O ill-omened old man, dost thou fancy I saw her with my ears? Indeed, I saw her with my very eyes, and awake, and I touched her with my hand, and I watched by her full half the night, feeding my vision on her beauty and loveliness and grace and tempting looks. But you had schooled her, and charged her to speak no word to me. So she feigned sleep, and I lay by her side till dawn, when I awoke and found her gone. Rejoined the wazir, O my lord Kamar al-Zaman, haply thou sawest this in thy sleep. It must have been a delusion of dreams or a deception caused by eating various kinds of food, or a suggestion of the accursed devils. Cried the prince, O pestilent old man, wilt thou too make a mock of me, and tell me this was happily a delusion of dreams, when that eunuch confessed to the young lady, saying, At once I will return to thee, and tell thee all about her. With these words he sprang up and rushed at the wazir, and gripped hold of his beard, which was long, and after gripping it he twisted his hand in it, and hailing him off the couch, threw him on the floor. It seemed to the minister as though his soul departed his body for the violent plucking at his beard. And Kamar al-Zaman ceased not kicking the wazir and basting his breast and ribs and cuffing him with open hand on the nape of his neck, till he had well-nigh beaten him to death. Then said the old man in his mind, just as the eunuch slave saved his life from this lunatic youth by telling him a lie, Thus it is even fitter that I do likewise, else he will destroy me. So now for my lie to save myself, he being mad beyond a doubt, then he turned to Kamar al-Zaman, and said, O oh, my lord, pardon me, for indeed thy father charged me to conceal from thee this affair of the young lady, but now I am weak and weary, and wounded with funding. For I am an old man, and lack strength and bottom to endure blows. Have, therefore, a little patience with me, and I will tell thee all, and acquaint thee with the story of the young woman. When the prince heard this, he left off drubbing him, and said, Wherefore couldst thou not tell me the tale until after shame and blows? Rise now, unlucky old man that thou art, and tell me her story. 
quoth the wazir, Say, dost thou ask of the young lady with the fair face and perfect form? Quoth Kamar al-Zaman, Even so. Tell me, O wazir, who it was that led her to me and laid her by my side, and who was it that took her away from me by night? And let me know forthright whither she is gone, that I myself may go to her at once. If my father did this deed to me that he might try me by means of that beautiful girl, with a view to our marriage, I consent to wed her and free myself of this trouble. For he did all these dealings with me only because I refused wedlock. But now I consent, and I say again, I consent to matrimony. So tell this to my father, O wazir, and advise him to marry me to that young lady, for I will have none other, and my heart loveth none save her alone. Now rise up at once, and haste thee to my father, and counsel him to hurry on our wedding, and bring me his answer within this very hour. Rejoined the wazir, "'Tis well, and went forth from him, hardly believing himself out of his hands. Then he set off from the tower, walking and tripping up as he went, for excess of fright and agitation, and he ceased not hurrying till he came in to King Shariman, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and eighty-ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir fared forth from the tower, and ceased not running till he came in to King Shariman, who said to him as he cited him, O thou wazir, what man hath brought thee to grief, and whose mischief hath treated thee in way unlief? How happeneth it that I see thee dumbfounded, and come to me thus astounded? Replied the wazir, O king, I bring thee good news. And what is it? quoth Shariman, and quoth the wazir, Know that thy son Kamar al-Zaman's wits are clean gone, and that he hath become stark mad. Now when the king heard these words of the minister, light became darkness in his sight, and he said, O wazir, make clear to me the nature of his madness. Answered the wazir, O my lord, I hear and I obey. Then he told him that such and such had passed, and acquainted him with all that his son had done. Whereupon the king said to him, Hear, O wazir, the good tidings which I give thee in return for this thy fair news of my son's insanity, and it shall be the cutting off of thy head, and the forfeiture of my favour, O most ill-omened of wazirs, and foulest of emirs. For I feel that thou hast caused my son's disorder by the wicked advice, and the sinister counsel thou hast given me first and last. By Allah, if aught of mischief or madness have befallen my son, I will most assuredly nail thee upon the palace dome, and make thee drain the bitterest draught of death. Then he sprang up, and taking the wazir with him, fared straight for the tower, and entered it. And when Kamar al-Zaman saw the two, he rose to his father in haste from the couch whereon he sat, and kissing his hands drew back and hung down his head, and stood before him with his arms behind him, and thus remained for a full hour. Then he raised his head towards his sire, the tears gushed from his eyes and streamed down his cheeks, and he began repeating, Forgive the sin neath which my limbs are trembling, for the slave seeks for mercy from his master. I have done a fault which calls for free confession, where shall it call for mercy and forgiveness? When the king heard this, he arose and embraced his son, and kissing him between the eyes, made him sit by his side on the couch. Then he turned to the wazir, and looking on him with eyes of wrath, said, O dog of wazirs, how didst thou say of my son such and such things, and make my heart quake for him? Then he turned to the prince, and said, O my son, what is to-day called? He answered, O my father, this day is the Sabbath, and to-morrow is first day. Then comes second day, third, fourth, fifth, and lastly Friday. Exclaimed the king, O my son, 
O Kamar al-Zaman, praised be Allah for the preservation of thy reason. What is the present month called in our Arabic? Zul Qadah, answered Kamar al-Zaman, and it is followed by Zul Hijjah. Then cometh Muharram, then Safar, then Rabi'ah the first and Rabi'ah the second, the two Jamatas, Rajab, Shahaban, Ramazan, and Shawwal. At this the king rejoiced exceedingly, and spat in the wazir's face, saying, O wicked old man, how canst thou say that my son is mad, and now none is mad but thou? Whereupon the minister shook his head, and would have spoken, but bethought himself to wait a while, and see what might next befall. Then the king said to his child, O my son, what words be these thou saidest to the eunuch and the wazir, declaring, I was sleeping with a fair damsel this night? What damsel is this of whom thou speakest? Then Kamar al-Zaman laughed at his father's words, and replied, O my father, know that I can bear no more jesting, so add me not another mock or even a single word on the matter, for my temper hath waxed short by that you have done with me. And know, O my father, with assured knowledge, that I consent to marry, but on condition that thou give me to wife her who lay by my side this night. For I am certain it was thou sentest her to me, and madest me in love with her, and then dispatchedst a message to her before the dawn, and took her away from beside me. Rejoined the king, The name of Allah encompass thee about, O my son, and be thy wit preserved from witlessness. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and ninetieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that quoth King Shahriman to his son Kamar al-Zaman, The name of Allah encompass thee about, O my son, and be thy wit preserved from witlessness. What thing be this young lady whom thou fanciest I sent to thee last night? and then again that I sent to withdraw her from thee before dawn. By the Lord, O my son, I know nothing of this affair, and Allah upon thee, tell me if it be a delusion of dreaming, or a deception caused by indisposition. For verily thou layest down to sleep last night with thy mind occupied anent marriage, and troubled with the talk of it. Allah damn marriage in the hour when I spake of it, and curse him who counselled it. And without doubt or diffidence I can say that being moved in mind by the mention of wedlock, Thou dreamedst that a handsome young lady embraced thee, and did fancy thou sawest her when awake. But all this, O my son, is but an imbroglio of dreams. Replied Kamar al-Zaman, Leave this talk, and swear to me by Allah, the All-Creator, the Omniscient, the humbler of the tyrant Caesars, and the destroyer of the Chosros, that thou knowest naught of the young lady, nor of her woning place Quoth the king, By the might of Allah Almighty, the God of Moses and Abraham, I know naught of all this, and never even heard of it. It is assuredly a delusion of dreams thou hast seen in sleep. Then the prince replied to his sire, I will give thee a self-evident proof that it happened to me when on wake. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and ninety-first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kamar al-Zaman said to his sire, I will give thee a self-evident proof that this happened to me when on wake. Now let me ask thee, did it ever befall any man to dream that he was battling a sore battle, and after to awake from sleep and find in his hand a sword-blade besmeared with blood? Answered the king, No, by Allah, O my son, this hath never been. Rejoined Kamar al-Zaman, I will tell thee what happened to me, and it was this. Meseemed I awoke from sleep in the middle of the past night, and found a girl lying by my side, whose form was like mine, and whose favour was as mine. I embraced her and turned her about with my hand, and took her seal-ring, which I put on my finger, and she pulled off my ring and put it on hers. 
Then I went to sleep by her side, but refrained for her from shame of thee, deeming that thou hast sent her to me, intending to tempt me with her, and incline me to marriage, unsuspecting thee to be hidden somewhere whence thou couldst see what I did with her. And I was ashamed even to kiss her on the mouth for thy account, thinking over this temptation to wedlock. And when I awoke at point of day, I found no trace of her, nor could I come at any news of her, and there befell me what thou knowest of with the eunuch and with the wazir. How, then, can this case have been a dream and a delusion, when the ring is a reality? Save for her ring on my finger I should indeed have deemed it a dream. But here is the ring on my little finger. Look at it, O king, and see what is its worth. So saying, he handed the ring to his father, who examined it and turned it over, then looked to his son and said, Verily, there is in this ring some mighty mystery and some strange secret. What befell thee last night with the girl is indeed a hard nut to crack, and I know not how intruded upon us this intruder. None is the cause of all this posher save the wazir. But Allah upon thee, O my son, take patience, so happily the Lord may turn to gladness this thy grief, and to thy sadness bring complete relief. As quoth one of the poets, Haply shall fortune draw her rein, and bring fair chance, for she is changeful, jealous, vain. Still I may woo my want and wishes win, and see on heels of care unfair the fain. And now, O my son, I am certified at this hour that thou art not mad, but thy case is a strange one which none can clear up for thee save the Almighty. Cried the prince, By Allah, O my father, deal kindly with me and seek out this young lady, and hasten her coming to me, else I shall die of woe and of my death shall no one know. Then he betrayed the ardor of his passion, and turned towards his father, and repeated these two couplets. If your promise of personal call prove untrue, deign in vision to grant me an interview. Quoth they, how can phantom appear to the sight of a youth whose sight is fordone, perdue? Then, after ending his poetry, Kamar al-Zaman again turned to his father, with submission and despondency, and shedding tears in flood, began repeating these lines. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and ninety-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Kamar al-Zaman had repeated to his father these verses, he wept and complained and groaned from a wounded heart, and added these lines, Beware that eye glance which hath magic might, wherever turn those orbs it bars our flight, nor be deceived by low sweet voice that breeds a fever festering in the heart and sprite. So soft that silky skin were rose to touch it, She'd cry and tear-drops rain for pain and fright. Did Zephyr e'en in sleep pass o'er her land, Scented he chose to dwell in scented sight. Her necklets vie with twinkling of her belt, Her wrists strike either wristlet dumb with spite. When upon her bangles bust those rings in ear, Upon the lover's eyne high mysteries light. I'm blamed for love of her, nor pardon claim. Eyes are not profiting which lack foresight. Heaven strip thee, blame of mine, unjust art thou before this fawn must every eye low bow. After which he said, By Allah, O my father, I cannot endure to be parted from her even for an hour. The king smote hand upon hand and exclaimed, There is no majesty and there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great. No cunning contrivance can profit us in this affair. Then he took his son by the hand and carried him to the palace, where Kamar al-Zaman lay down on a bed of languor, and the king sat at his head, weeping and mourning over him, and leaving him not night or day, till at last the wazir came in to him and said, O king of the age and the time, how long wilt thou remain shut up with thy son, 
and hide thyself from thy troops. Haply the order of thy realm may be deranged, by reason of thine absence from thy grandees and officers of state. It behoveth a man of understanding, if he have various wounds in his body, to apply him first to medicine the most dangerous. So it is my counsel to thee that thou remove thy son from this place, to the pavilion which is in the palace overlooking the sea, and shut thyself up with him there, setting apart in every week two days, Thursday and Monday, for state receptions and progresses and reviews. On these days let shine emirs and wazirs and chamberlains and viceroys, and high officials and grandees of the realm, and the rest of the levies and the lieges have access to thee, and submit their affairs to thee. And do thou their needs, and judge among them, and give and take with them, and bid and forbid. And the rest of the week thou shalt pass with thy son, Kamar al-Zaman, and cease not thus doing till Allah shall vouchsafe relief to you twain. Think not, O king, that thou art safe from the shifts of time, and the strokes of change which come like a traveller in the night. For the wise man is ever on his guard, and how well saith the poet, Thou deemest well of time when days went well, and fearest not what ills might bring thee fate. The nights so fair and restful cozen thee, for peaceful nights bring woes of heavy weight. On children of mankind whom time befriends, beware of time's deceits or soon or late. When the sultan heard his wazir's words, he saw that they were right, and deemed his counsel wise. And it had effect upon him, for he feared lest the order of the state be deranged. So he rose at once, and bade transport his son from his sick-room to the pavilion in the palace overlooking the sea. Now this palace was girt round by the waters, and was approached by a causeway twenty cubits wide. It had windows on all sides commanding an ocean view. Its floor was paved with party-coloured marbles, and its ceiling was painted in the richest pigments, and figured with gold and lapis lazuli. They furnished it for Kamar al-Zaman with splendid upholstery, embroidered rugs and carpets of the richest silk, and they clothed the walls with choice brocades, and hung curtains bespangled with gems of price. In the midst they set him a couch of juniper wood, inlaid with pearls and jewels, and Kamar al-Zaman sat down thereon, but the excess of his concern and passion for the young lady had wasted his charms and emaciated his body. He could neither eat, nor drink, nor sleep, and he was like a man who had been sick twenty years of sore sickness. His father seated himself at his head, grieving for him with the deepest grief, and every Monday and Thursday he gave his wazirs and emirs and chamberlains and viceroys and lords of the realm and levies and the rest of his lieges leave to come up to him in that pavilion. So they entered and did their several service and duties, and abode with him till the end of the day, when they went their ways, and the king returned to his son in the pavilion, whom he left not night nor day. And he ceased not doing on this wise for many days and nights. Such was the case with Kamar al-Zaman, son of King Shariman. But as regards Princess Budur, daughter of King Gayur, lord of the isles and the seven palaces, when the two jinns bore her up and laid her on her bed, she slept till daybreak, when she awoke and sitting upright looked right and left, but saw not the youth who had lain in her bosom. At this her vitals fluttered, her reason fled, and she shrieked a loud shriek which awoke all her slave-girls and nurses and duennas. They flocked into her, and the chief of them came forward and asked, What aileth thee, O my lady? Answered the princess, O wretched old woman, where is my beloved, the handsome youth who lay last night in my bosom? Tell me whither he is gone. Now when the duenna heard this, the light starkened in her sight, and she feared from her mischief with sore affright, and said to her, O my lady Bedur, what unseemly words are these? cried the princess, Woe to thee, pestilent crone that thou art! I ask thee again, where is my beloved, 
the goodly youth with the shining face and the slender form, the jetty eyes and the joined eyebrows, who lay with me last night from supper-tide until near daybreak. She rejoined, By Allah, O my lady, I have seen no young man, nor any other. I conjure thee, carry not this unseemly jest too far, lest we all lose our lives, for perhaps the joke may come to thy father's ears, and who shall then deliver us from his hand? And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 29 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3